Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Mayfair Theater Podcast. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. And we have a guest with us this week. We have Ryan from uh, the Comic Book Shop Podcast. Or is it the Shopcast? It's the Comic Book Shopcast. Comic Book Shopcast. Yeah. That's that's, that sounds good. Lots of <laughs> syllables. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, those guys were kind enough to have me on their last episode, which was their episode 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, As I kind of joked on their podcast, we just did 100 and didn't do anything yeah. fancy for it. Just another day. <laughs> it just passed us by. Uh, but I thought it'd be fun just to do a little crossover, a good old comic book style crossover. Yeah. And have I one didn't of know those you guys did a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, and, we've been doing it for about five years now. We do it oh, uh, wow. every couple weeks. Wow. And they're doing a live podcast coming up from this date, what, a couple weeks from, on January 25th? January 25th, yeah, Wednesday, January 25th. At uh, it, Doors open at 7, it's going to be at 65 Bank Street, second floor. It's called Hideaway Adventure House and Board Game Lounge. Wow. Yeah. That's a cool place to do a podcast. Yeah, well, they were saying that they'll have to, like, stop people from rolling dice. Because there's going to be people there who don't know you're there. There'll be a bunch of people who enjoy the podcast who are coming to see you guys, your friends and your, your yeah. listeners. But there's totally going to be some people there who are just, like, playing there's, board games for the night. There's probably going to be some people that are either playing board games or just saw the flyer and are just checking the, checking it out for the sake of it. You yeah. Because it's free, it's free admission. Yeah. So we just ask that you patronize, uh, patronize the bar and yeah. patronize the lounge. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, we are going to have some people that are not familiar with us and are hygiene. Yeah. But we hope that they will love us afterwards, even in spite of those. <laughs> and uh, we recorded the podcast, just like here, we're sitting in the Mayfair Theater right now, before a show starts in a little while, before Andrew starts his shift. Uh, these guys do their podcast in the basement of the comic shop. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And uh, they have a microphone that looks like that evil little droid from Star Wars, a little black kind of circle droid. Okay. And uh, they said it works really well, so I want to look into that too, both because well, it looks what, cool. And what, uh, it's a blue snowball. Yeah, they said that works really well, and, and it looks like a little evil empire droid. So and how cool. many how many people are on the podcast? Uh, we, when we did it, it was four. Yeah. Um, so it's it's any combination of myself, Jody, uh, Jordan, who used to work there but still comes in and guests, yeah. and maybe a guest. So usually usually about two to three. Sometimes we have four. Yeah. 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 We're the same. Like It'll be Andrew and I, and then sometimes Lee, who's, one, who's the programmer here. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is that, you know, as you guys I'm sure can identify with, it's just... Doing a podcast, the hardest thing is just doing it. Like, yeah. like nowadays, it's easy. You, you, you download a program, and you get a microphone for 100 bucks and you, you pay a couple bucks to get a, a server. But it's just organizing people's schedules. Yeah, for us, uh, we've had less episodes in the last, like, six months than I would have normally liked because our schedules. I'm, uh, I'm the only one there who's there regularly anymore. Yeah. Jody's on a very limited schedule, so I try to catch him when I can. Mm-hmm. Any other time, I try to get a guest in so that I have a second voice because yeah. I can't carry the thing by myself. Yeah. I really can't. Yeah. So uh, it's it's really a thing about schedules, and then once, but once it's recorded, I do I do the editing for it, Yeah. And it's usually done within, like, in half an hour, and, and there it is, you know? We've had one special guest once, a filmmaker, and it was super fun, and it's one of those things where it's just, it's just a matter of doing it, of kind of organizing it, but we were friendly with a filmmaker named uh, Julia... Marchesi. Uh, Marchesi, not Marchese. It looks like Marchese. And she did a really great documentary called Out of Print, and we were kind of friendly just through the magic of Twitter and Facebook, and so she lives in, in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and we just basically like MacGyvered together her on Skype and us sitting here at the Mayfair and then recording two different things and patchworking them together. Yeah. And the final product worked. So that kind of stuff is fun, but it's just a matter of, again, just getting somebody to do that. Cause it's an easy thing now. Like if we have some filmmaker who's 
wherever they can Skype in. And a couple of times we've had a guest in town. Uh, the last time was the, um, the guy from The Room, not Tommy Wiseau or Greg, but the guy who played the kid in The Room. Uh, Denny? Denny, yes. And he was in town, but he just, he had no time. Like he came Philip in- Philip Haldeman. Philip Haldeman. Is his real name. He came in, did his appearance and left. And he was very nice, but we were hoping to get him on mic, but it's just a matter of doing it. But now I'm, I'm trying to get more ambitious just to, even like I was thinking getting a couple of the projectionists who used to work here to come in and talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, Lee's just always busy because he's a grown-up with kids or he's going to Montreal to buy toys. To buy Star Wars <laughs> toys, yeah. Usually he's not here because he's going to Montreal to buy some limited edition toy somewhere. But um, Or just the box for it. The box. He bought... This is, this is good parenting or crazy parenting. He bought a box on eBay for like a penny and paid for shipping because at a garage sale he found, I think it was Lego or, or an action figure or something. It was one of those um, Star Wars toys from the 70s. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so then he found the box on eBay for nothing and then put the old toy that he found at the garage sale in the, like just crazy. So really got kind of A-plus nerd parenting, yeah. you know, but... Uh, but yeah, so anyhow, uh, what is it today? Today's January 13th, 17th. 17th. And we'll get this up this week. So we'll be chatting about movies from the 20th, Friday the 20th through Thursday the 26th. We have some holdovers this week, uh, a crazy premiere, and the return of an old cult favorite. Two holdovers this week are The Lion, or sorry, just Lion. Yeah, not The Lion. Not The Lion. Uh, and Manchester by the Sea. Which I still haven't seen. I still haven't seen it either. <laughs> and I, this is now, it's now in its fifth week, I think? It's in its fifth week, which uh, is Mayfair record setting. We've never had a movie for five weeks. Really? I don't think so. We've had four a bunch of times. But I think this is the first time we've had um, a first-run movie over for five weeks. Hmm. And it's not slowing down. And I don't want to jinx it. And <laughs> But it's just been like... You've got wood right next to you. Yeah, not yeah, just wood. Yeah. <laughs> So Lion and Manchester by the Sea are both movies that a lot of people think are going to be up for Oscars any second now whenever mm-hmm. those Oscar nominations come out. Uh, both are kind of, um, I don't know, heavy heavy character dramas but with some light moments in it. Uh, Casey Affleck won the award for Best Actor at the Golden Globes for Manchester by the Sea. Uh, Dev Patel was nominated for Best Actor for Lion. Mm-hmm. And are both Affleck's in Manchester by the Sea? No. Oh, is it just, it's just, just Casey? Casey. Oh, just yeah. Casey. But it is produced by Matt Damon, and the story is that Matt was going to be in it. And then... I think he was supposed to direct it. Supposed to direct it. Oh, is that it? I think he was supposed to direct it, yeah. And then backed out because he had to go do another Bourne movie or something. Mm. And he was like, oh, my, my, my friend Casey can be in it. And they got Casey... Because Casey... I think Ben Affleck's doing a lot of cool things, but I think Casey Affleck's a better actor than Ben Affleck. Not to kind of yeah. cause some brotherly spite between them, but <laughs> I think Ben's a really good filmmaker. I really like a lot of the movies he's doing now. Uh, but Casey, I think, is a lot more kind of charismatic, can do comedy a bit better, stuff like Ocean's Eleven. Ben Affleck, I think, is kind of always Ben Affleck. He's always the Boston guy. I, I think he's good in, like, ensembles. Like, I think he's quite good in Goodwill Hunting. Yes. And um, Chasing Amy he's good in. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like... Otherwise, he doesn't interest me too much. I, I do think he's, you know, he, the films he's directed have been pretty good. Yeah. I've, I've still stubbornly not seen Batman Superman, so I can't, I always, and I always say, like, so I can't have an opinion on it. You don't have the four hours to spare yeah, to, to I see just, it. I waited until, I didn't see it in theater. Right. Because there was so much negative backlash. Oh, yeah. That, not because, that, and that didn't dissuade me from seeing it, but it dissuaded me from seeing it and being part of that conversation. Yeah, like, right. There was so as soon as it came out, there was so much noise. 
Yeah. That it, I was like, I didn't want to see this until I can go in uh, completely unbiased. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to be, see it with my own opinion rather than having all these other opinions swirling around in my head. Yeah. You know? Um, so I did see that eventually uh, on, I saw the Ultimate Edition, and I, I enjoyed it. So you saw the four hour <laughs> It's like three and a bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> the thing that, like, on, on Comic Conversation, I think Ben Affleck looks exactly like Greg Capullo Bruce Wayne, who is, who is the recent artist who just yeah. did like five years on, on Batman. On, the, on like the flagship title, I think he looks exactly like him. I'd say that's fair. Yeah. Like like kind of big football, broad shoulder, kind of square jaw. Uh, what has kept me from seeing the movie is just the not enough hours in the day kind of thing, where it's like like I still haven't seen Manchester by the Sea, so I, and, I've, and I kind of look at that on my free time schedule. I'm like, well, I'm gonna, so it's just been knocked so far down. So I'm never saying never. One day I'll be on a plane or something and watch it, you know, yeah. but. It's and I just I don't like Zack Snyder and 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 I can I can comment on that because like I didn't like Sucker Punch I didn't like Man of Steel you know so like having that there again and so the only time I've seen Batman is uh, the only time I see movies outside of the Mayfair is when I get like press passes or whatever right. so I saw Suicide Squad and I went in open minded wanted to give it a chance. Uh, I'd like the director's previous work. I love David Ayer. Fury, like mm-hmm. I didn't get to see Fury, but End of Watch is fantastic. Yeah, Training Day is yeah. uh, is a, a fa- personal favorite of mine. What was so. the last one he did? Was it Fury? Was it Fury? I thought it yeah. was Fury. Yeah, it was, I think it was Fury, and then he started on Suicide Squad right after. Yeah, yeah. and Fury blindsides you. Fl- Fury, like the opening ninety seconds of Fury, is more violent than most movies. So there's a lot of fury. Fury, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Suicide Squad, there was a lot I liked about it, but as an overall movie, I didn't really like. I, I liked Harley Quinn a lot. Uh, but so that's, so I saw Batman in that. He has a little part in that. Yeah. And I, and this is, I, I try not to over-nerd it, but he, to me, I don't know why, but he looks like he's in a fat suit. I don't know. He kind of looks like he's in like a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man <laughs> suit. Well, he did get really big. Is he just big? He, he, just... he did get. He, he gained like a lot of weight, yeah. muscle for for Batman. Maybe that's Superman. why. Yeah. And then you've got a thick suit on top of that, so he is going to look extra. Yeah. And and the camera adds ten pounds. And the camera adds ten well. pounds. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what the the future holds for Senior Batfleck because I've heard that he might be kind of done as well. He might kind of do Justice League and be like, yeah, I want to go back and do my movies again. Well, he still wants to do the solo Batman movie. Is that going to? Okay, yeah. yeah. But he, they've, there's been a lot of press noise about it lately because he said that he, he doesn't want it to be affixed to a timetable. Yeah. You know, like one of, the, one of the things that I've heard from Suicide Squad is that they rushed the script and then they rushed to get it out for a summer release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why there are kind of problems with it because they didn't spend enough really time to make sure it was quality controlled. Yeah. Batman, ben Affleck wants to do it, but he wants to write it and have it be good right. and then direct it and have it be good. Yeah. Not so that it gets out yeah. at a certain time Yeah. and you know, so, so they can get all the toys out and get all the, all the proper marketing and everything. He wants it to be good first yeah. and then profitable second. And nowadays, Hollywood is slowly leaning towards being nicer to... The, the filmmakers, because that happened with with Force Awakens, where I think it was supposed to come out in May, and he said, I want another rewrite. And they let him kind of push back to December. So, and and so like a little bit, but still like, I think they wanted, nowadays like, I mean, if you look at kind of like the nerd maps, they're like, we have every superhero movie between now and 2025 mapped out. 
And it's just like, so... I think it depends on the studio. Yeah. I think Disney, for, for all the... <laughs> for all the hatred that they got when they bought Marvel and then when they bought Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. they've kind of let those things be those things. Yeah, that's and true. And be profitable. Uh, Warner Brothers, however, is very intent on controlling the DC their product. stuff. Yeah, from what I've from what I've seen, I yeah. have no inside knowledge. This is my perception. Yeah, you know, they 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 put out a cut of Batman Superman, and then they'll put out the extended one on Blu-ray. Yeah, they'll put out the cut of Su- Suicide Squad, and then they'll put out an extended one on yeah. Blu-ray. And there was a, t- a Suicide Squad was there was apparently a ton of stuff. Yeah. with the Joker and Harley, which was which the actors loved and loved mm-hmm. doing that nobody's nobody ever has seen or will see right you know yeah it, and it's, it's uh people some people are shocked about say michael bay with transformers or Zack snyder with the dc movies and they say oh these movies are horrible and why do they keep hiring them and the fans are upset and i'm like yeah but if i was this they make a, if they make a billion dollars it yeah, doesn't matter if they're good exactly if i was the ceo of these companies i'm like well everyone hated man of steel and that still made 800 million dollars yeah and you know it, it's funny because like i always say there's kind of like this like trinity and most movies don't get them but sometimes like i love scott pilgrim and scott pilgrim all the fans loved it all the critics love it made no money yeah a transformers movie seemingly all the critics hate it all the fans hate it makes all the money Mm -hmm. so it's always just like one out of three that movies sometimes get and it's very rare and sometimes it's like it's force awakens maybe where it's like the fans loved it the critics loved it made a ton of money yeah and but so the powers that be at Paramount are like, well, these horrible Michael Bay movies keep on making a billion dollars, so we'll let the guy do it again. And I always kind of jokingly get mad at people, and I'm like, if you don't like Transformers movies, but you bought a ticket to two, didn't like it, bought a ticket to three, didn't like it, bought a ticket to four, didn't like it, it's your fault. Well, it's, yeah. not, just, it's not just the fans, it's just regular folks who that too, yes, are going sure. out to a movie. Like, I was, I was out, I went to see La La Land on... New Year's Eve. How was that? Um, I liked it. Yeah. It's, it's a good movie. But it was packed on New Year's Like, I guess, you know, New Year's Eve is a big night. Yeah. And so people are in line, and, you know, they, they don't know what they're seeing. So they're like, yeah. oh, Transformers, we'll go see that. Yeah. You know, that's got Mark Wahlberg in it. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's those people who are kind of just moderate. You know, they, they're just yeah. going to see something new. I think, I guess it's the same thing on, I mean, ratings on television are weird nowadays. They've always been kind of suspect because they, they put, like, a rating spot in box in one person's house out of a hundred thousand or whatever mm. but i think that's why like you'll see some cop show and you'll be like oh my god that show's still on and like csi fill in the blank is on for 15 years just because of that just because some people tune in just on routine kind of bored watching it the big bang theory yeah, yeah. It's, it's not really good <laughs> I, i've <laughs> never enjoyed the big bang no theory. me neither if, if that's your thing great if you yeah. really like it great i've never laughed at it no i'm oh, sorry once and that's because <laughs> it was a joke delivered by Bob Newhart. Every time yeah. I was like, I should maybe give it a chance. I'll, I'll, it's like, I don't feel like changing the channel for five minutes. I'm like, and then they go through their whole opening spiel before the song. I'm like, this is, yeah. this is not funny. You know, it, it's, it's serving that, you know, that comic book yeah. kind of geek uh, well, even, demographic. Like, and and that, that sitcom demographic. I don't think yeah. they are, there. though. <laughs> I mean, so in, 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 to a respect, they are. But there's, there's, there's also a certain amount of people for the Big Bang Theory that are, like, really don't like it because they feel it kind of talks down to them. That's and, probably and paint, true. Paints them with a certain brush. Yeah. You know? I think it's probably the same people who were watching, like... Hot in Cleveland. Yeah. Or, like, Full House back in the day or... Yeah. Family ties. It's very that. passive. It's just very. Yeah. You put it on and you don't have to think. It's just yeah. something to watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that that's TV talk on the main. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, to get back on track. You so, said we could sidetrack, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We have a couple of new movies this week, new to us. One is Arrival uh, with Amy Adams, who we're just we've just had on screen in a very different movie in Nocturnal Animals. Mm. So she's she's one of those actors. You look at her resume; and she does like six movies a year. Mm-hmm. But so Nocturnal Animals is this week, and then Arrival next week. Arrival is more of like she's the the heroic scientist. Uh, at the head of the the sci-fi thriller movie, mm-hmm. Nocturnal Animals is she's this heavy, heavily make, made up art rich gallery art owner. gallery owner, um, just completely different stuff. And Arrival is the basic story is a, a bunch of it's it's kind of like the anti Independence Day, right? Mm. A bunch of spaceships show up. They don't start blowing up people right away. No, but it freaks out all the people. They aren't doing anything. They aren't really. doing anything. They're just pitching their tents. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and and she's a a linguist. Linguist who comes in to try to figure stuff out. Uh, and then Hawkeye plays the handsome something. I don't know who, who Jeremy Renner plays. I think he's a scientist. Handsome scientist guy. Yeah. Um, I forget what his skill set is, but he like she's the linguist. She's brought in by Forrest Whitaker to help decode uh, yeah. the alien's weird language. And it's one of these movies where at first glance you think it might just be another sci-fi movie, but is, has gotten... Big praise from the critics. Mm-hmm. A lot of people might think it might be one of the weird movies this year that sneak into an Oscar nomination because ever since they've allowed it to expand to 10 awards a year, every once in a while you'll get like a Toy Story 3 in there or um, oh, what was the one, the uh, the South African sci-fi film? District 9. District 9. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like those kind of movies would never be Oscar contenders in the good old days, but now there's a little bit more... Because they weren't prestigious enough. Yeah, yeah they were yeah. genre movies. Yeah. And, and that's, somebody said that was the trick. Some podcast I was listening to said, so you got five that are traditional Oscar movies, so it's going to be it's gonna be La La Land and Manchester by the Sea and Lion, and Lion Moonlight, Moonlight, that yeah. kind of thing. But then they have up to five, and it's a sliding scale because you could just have... It's a weird mathematical equation where you could, you could just have five or you could have ten, but those other five slots are just to kind of put focus on other movies and really it's all just a trick to make more money well yeah because all those nominees will garner the attention of those normal movie viewers who look at the paper or watch tv and go oh award equals good and it it extends their theatrical run for sure yeah and and uh more more so than just a regular movie that comes and goes and yeah ends up on video in a couple months which is crazy because it's like 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 there's anybody goes back and looks at their favorite films a bunch of them are films that the critics didn't like, didn't win awards. Even going back to like the classics, right? Like Fantasia or Psycho or even kind of slightly more modern stuff like Fight Club. There's always stuff where we're flops in their time. Mm-hmm. So awards don't necessarily mean good or great. Uh, from our point of view at the Mayfair, they're nice because they, they do totally draw people in. Mm-hmm. And uh, But yeah, there's always something snubbed every year or something. This year, Deadpool got awards at, or award nominations at the Golden Globes. Yeah, which was the Writers Guild, I think. Very interesting. And yeah. I'm wondering if that might sneak into the Oscars as like a script nomination or something like that. Maybe. Now. I Maybe. haven't seen it, but apparently there's a very cheeky for, for your consideration video out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With Deadpool, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so, so Arrival is one of the Oscar contenders that might, uh, or might be an Oscar contender soon. The other one we have this week is... Uh, what is it? We have Arrival, and we have, oh, Hacksaw Ridge, mm-hmm. which I think if this exact same movie was made 15 years ago, might have been a big contender. Mm-hmm. But whether this is right or wrong, I think the the shackle of Mel Gibson being attached to it yeah. hinders it with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I've heard the movie's really great. I'm going to come see it while we have it. 
remember back in like this is this is 20 years ago but mel gibson won best director best picture for braveheart mm -hmm. and then made a ton of money with passion of the christ mm -hmm. so he's got on his resume he's got both besides for being a big franchise actor in lethal weapon he's an oscar-winning filmmaker and a box office proven filmmaker with a movie that a lot of people probably thought wasn't going to be anything with passion of the christ and so now hacksaw ridge is this very interesting story about a pacifist in world war ii uh, andrew garfield's in the lead a lot of big praise for him as well but Mel Gibson uh, is maybe a horrible person, and so people don't want to go see a movie that he did. And he's got a crazy beard right now, so. Yeah, he's crazy beard Mel Gibson again. But, um, yeah, it's always a tough call, like, we're, of, of separating. Art, the, artist from the man. Art, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very a, tough. It's very tough, and it, it's, whether that be. Because he's a good director. Oh, yeah. He's a very like, good director. Yeah. And a good, even in some of his movies lately. And a good actor, yeah. A lot of them that didn't really make a big theatrical push. I always. You know, hate, hate to, to plug that uh, streaming service that everyone has, but I saw a prison movie he was in um, really recent, last like three years or so. Okay. Get the Gringo, I think it was called. Which right, is pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I, I just saw it, yeah. his latest movie is called Bloodfather, which oh, is like yeah. an action movie. He plays this reformed criminal who has to save his daughter who's like mixed up with so gangsters. It's, it's Taken? Is it Taken movie? Uh, no, no, no. It's like they team up to, to oh, okay. like kind of go after these people who are out to kill her and it's yeah. really good yeah that, it's he, really good he didn't direct it mm -hmm. um but it kind of went i don't think it got much of a theatrical run but it's no. it's a really good movie yeah i saw him on he was a guest on colbert a couple months ago and he was crazy beard mel gibson mm -hmm. but he was really like you just you hope you're not being tricked but you, you wish him the best you know yeah. he, he kind of said like he's been sober for a long time and he's been doing this and doing that and everybody who works with them and again you kind of can be jaded and say like well they have to say that but everyone who works with them said it's been a great experience and you gotta kind of wonder if maybe the stink will eventually get it will will lift off of him yeah you know uh, the the more time that passes the more work he produces and the more public he is because mm -hmm. i was honestly surprised i mean i didn't really watch the golden globes but i did see some clips and i i saw him you know dead center in the room yeah on television, they didn't shy away from showing Mel Gibson. No. And they're not shy about putting Mel Gibson on television to promote these movies. No. So you got to wonder if maybe it's just going to, he's it, like, because like you don't see Woody Allen publicly anymore. No. At all. You know, uh, you're well, never going to see Bill Cosby on, on television. No. Never <laughs> Woody Allen's always really been like that. He's never been yeah. big on public appearances yeah. promoting stuff. He does a little bit of it, but yeah. he's not like. But it's still got the same kind of stink on him that, that Mel yeah. Gibson does. Yeah. And yeah. and but but you're seeing Mel Gibson now, and like if the companies didn't want him to be seen, yeah, he, he wouldn't be. And he, it even just stuff that maybe wise career moves of just kind of getting out there, like when he was in Expendables three and Robert Downey Jr. And this is for this is true. Robert Downey Jr. said, "I will do Iron Man four if Mel Gibson directs it." Nice. And so mm. that's very interesting. And I think so that he's somebody who. Mel Gibson gave him a shot when he was in Rougher Times. And I can't remember what movie it was, but it was something that Mel Gibson was, like, producing or was in. And Oh, it was, I think it was wasn't called... It Air America, was it? They, they were, did Air America they together. Were, they were together in that. Yeah. Movie. I think it was The Singing Detective. The Singing Detective, yeah. that's what it was, yeah. So, like, when nobody in Hollywood would hire Robert Downey Jr., which yeah. seems alternate universe now, right? But Mel Gibson gave him a shot, and Mel Gibson kind of had his back. And I think Robert Downey Jr. is trying to do the same. 
And I was like, holy, like, I wonder if, like, the powers that be at Marvel are like, um, uh, okay. <laughs> That's kind of difficult, though, because, like, at the very, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was just a drunk slash junkie. Exactly, yeah. You know, mm. he wasn't that different from a Charlie Sheen. Yes. And everybody loves that kind of Comeback. redemption. Yeah. yeah. But when you're caught on, when you're caught on tape saying really racist stuff. Yeah. That's, that's almost, you're, it's you're not able to come back from that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I was trying to think of comebacks, but it is all more of that redemptive, uh, uh, surviving alcoholism and drugs kind of thing that people really like what, and and usually but like now like I, in Hollywood I don't know what you have to do to get kicked out like it, it's it's even like people who have done a bunch of flops in a row they just kept I was talking about M. Night Shyamalan like what does M. Night Shyamalan have to do to not be allowed to come back to play anymore because he's had like six flops in a row and yeah, but the last one was not not uh, split, but the one before that was apparently very good. And I think that's the, the visit or the he did yeah, like a small visit, one. Yeah, I think maybe that's it. They're like we're gonna cut your budget by like ninety percent, and if you can prove yourself on that, because I think the same thing is with Split. Like it's a tiny little movie, but like the Wachowskis, they've done like two or three big budget mm. flops in a row. Big budget garbage, yeah. And they keep Speed coming Racer back. and Jupiter, Jupiter, Jupiter Ascending. Ascending yeah. Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas, yeah. And even, I, th- I think the Matrix movies made money, but two and three, not many people like, so. I, I'm one of the few that actually really like those movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think they, almost like like um, Orson Welles, you peak too early. Like, yeah. your first movie can't be your best movie. You gotta kind of lead up to that, you know, and it's hard to kind of get back up there. Yeah, but it's not like you can, you can't, you can't, choose to no. do that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You make a movie, everybody really likes it, and yeah. then the standard's gonna be that, and everything's gonna fall downhill from that. You yeah. Know? And and speaking of movies that everyone likes, this week is our 89th monthly screening of The Room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, a fascinating phenomenon. Uh, we did the math where 100 is gonna be December, which is crazy. If you're not in the know, which I can't imagine you're not, if you're a listen to a podcast, you're probably a movie nerd. It's this movie, So Bad It's Good, probably the first thing since Rocky Horror that's garnered this kind of cult following. And we have screened it 89 months in a row, and people keep coming to it. <laughs> and it's uh, just like a lot of cult films, like Rocky Horror style, people scream at, this, scream at the screen and throw things, throw spoons. Doesn't that damage your screen? No, we were always very, in the early days. I remember this we like put a fi- big net in front of the screen. Okay. Five years ago, I remember going to the front of the screen when it was still younger and being like, talking to the microphone and being like, please do not throw things at the screen. Throw things up, throw things backwards. You know, don't throw things towards the screen. Because that's kind of like instinct is to kind of throw forward, I guess, right? Yeah. But yeah, so there's just thousands of spoons around the theater the next day. <laughs> and it's... Um, uh, Plastic or metal? Dick. Plastic, okay, yeah. <laughs> And Ryan and I were chatting a bit before we started rolling here about how this could be a very interesting year for The Room because the, the, the Franco Brothers movie is going to come out. I wonder what's going on with that because there's still, I believe it's finished. I think it's done. there's no trailer yet. No, but I think maybe... I'm the, waiting for that. Yeah, it, it's, I believe in this calendar year it'll come out. I think Lionsgate picked it up, so I think it has a real distributor. Greg Sestero has seen it and he says it's, it's yeah. really good. And, and it's one of those movies where I don't think it'll be like $300 million, but I think it has like an outside shot of being good. A lot of good actors in it, and all of our room fans, I'm sure, are dying to see it. And it could end up being like Ed Wood of being this like little movie that garners some awards notice and garners some, some attention. And I think any attention that it gets will be good for the Mayfair because someone who's never heard of the room is going to go see that or see Franco talking about it on Colbert and then want to come see this crazy movie that it's based off of. But uh, yeah, so this, this Saturday night is the 
I can't believe 89 months. That's a lot of months. <laughs> and people keep on coming to it. People keep on coming. So pretty much that and Rocky Horror are the monthly cult movies that we screen. On Saturday Night Cinema, which yes. is on the last Saturday of this month. Yeah. And uh, do come and see it because it's a, I can't say what the film is, but it's, it's but you know what I've it is. seen it yes. and it's excellent. That's our secret monthly screening where we show an out of distribution film. Yeah. This movie is actually in distribution. Okay. It's just a secret. Uh, so we do it private and don't yeah. sell tickets, but let members come in. So oh, okay. it's, so it's kind of like skirting the red tape. So we're not making money off it, but it's a fun monthly thing. And it's always some old weird drive-in movie. So I, just the other day, somebody was like, bring back Miami Connection. And I just mm. kind of responded. I, I was just, like, I watched Miami Connection oh, yeah. a couple days ago again. It's it holds just, up. It's, uh, I said, the, we, we screened it a couple times and it just didn't catch on. And unfortunately, yeah. in a business, you kind of got to be like, well, that didn't work. Try something else. And I, I, I guarantee you midnight movie fans, there will be more weird, bad movies on the horizon. Mm. <laughs> there, there are, oh, that, that's one thing I forgot. So we have the, speaking of, we have the Ultraman double bill on Friday night, January 20th. Uh, Ultraman, it's in its, it's its 50th anniversary. That's what this double bill is. And I don't know what you call this genre, but it, it's it's kind of that... Um, Sci-fi... Um, it's Power Rangers, right? It's Power yeah. Rangers, Godzilla, big monsters. It's not kaiju per se, but it's... it's, it's there's, there's monsters in them, right? I think so. Maybe it is kaiju. I don't know. Go read the blurb that we kind of piecemealed together that is on the website or on like Facebook for this week, for this week's schedule. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it means. <laughs> It, there's a lot of alien names in it or like but like the blurb for for one of them is is like a lost temple and ultraman x goes in and finds a diamond and unleashes the power of this guy and then must team with this other ultraman so there's a whole bunch of guys named ultraman and for the fate of the universe but it's just i was like i don't know what that means but i'm looking forward to seeing that <laughs> and for it's the 50th anniversary of yeah and, it, and i can't remember if i mentioned this Ryan, I don't know if you have this problem, but sometimes I forget what I've talked about on air versus just talked about after a while. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I saw an Ultraman movie at Fantasia Film Fest five or six years ago. And in the climax of the movie, he's like fighting this giant angel and the Ultraman robot. And maybe this made sense if you've seen the other movies, but the Ultraman robot cries. And in the tear is this little like Ninja Warrior guy. <laughs> he jumps out, <laughs> fights the angel defeats it, blows it up, and then it gives the the, uh, the the little tear guy gives like a salute to Ultraman and like flies away in a rainbow. And the crowd just went wild. And But it was like, I don't know, did that make, is that like, if someone in Japan watches like, I don't know, like a, a David Lynch movie, do they feel the same way? Are they like, what does this mean? I don't understand, but. I don't think you can ever really understand Japan. No. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Yes. It's just, that's just its thing. That's what it does. There's so much weird, weird stuff over in Japan. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. And and, and it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you guys have a market for manga and anime? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we do. Actually, one of our, uh, other store, our other store out at uh, Clyde and Merrillville actually split off into two stores and put all of its anime stuff, yeah. uh, stuff in one store. Yeah. So we have two fronts, uh, storefronts out at uh, 1400 Clyde. Uh, and so, yeah, it is still big. We're doing uh, an anime convention in Gatineau this weekend, actually, at GAnimeCon. It's something that I wish we could get a hold of more easily. A lot of anime is just not in distribution for theatrical stuff or whatever, but we'll get stuff every once in a while. A lot of times, like, the big stuff, like... Um, Akira or something? Stu mm -hmm. Studio Studio Ghibli. Oh, yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff, you know? It's... When... Years ago, when I went off to school in Vancouver, 
the last movie I saw at the Mayfair was called Aratsuga Doshi. Oh, that's the crazy uh, and yeah, it's it's penis monster movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like it's crazy X-rated. The poster was like banned in so many states and provinces. Apparently, it, it was a bit of a hit here, though. It was yeah. I think it, it garnered a bit Legend of, a, of the Overseas. Legend of the Overseas. Yeah. It's brutally X-rated and and just uncomfortable to watch sometimes. And I joked at the time, I was like, you know, 17 or 18, and I was like, yeah, this is why I'm getting out of Ontario. It's banned in BC. I don't have to see it over there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so so this is a live-action Japanese thing, and it's like a, it's been like, Ultraman has been like TV shows and movies and comic books, mm-hmm. and although not super familiar to a North American audience, a lot of people would kind of recognize him if you saw him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but it is the equivalent of of your your Power Rangers kind of thing of, of a guy in a big suit fighting a guy in a monster suit. It's probably not all that different from like Grandizer and stuff like that too. Yeah, and giant although, robots. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and although it's a double bill, if for folks who don't like double bills because that's too much of, of of a commitment to sit through four hours, they're short movies. They're short. <laughs> Japanese movies are short, so one movie is only seventy three minutes and one is sixty three minutes. Yeah, that's doable. Yeah, so yeah. so it's like kind of the. I think it's like the same length as Manchester by the Sea because Manchester by the Sea is like <laughs> two hours and 20 minutes, I think. So I think it's actually shorter than that. But I think that's going to be a super fun time. Uh, I hope people come out to that kind of thing. And um, yeah, so that's our, that's, our, that's our premiere this week. Amongst, mm. amongst all these Oscar-caliber movies, our big premiere is Ultraman fighting Godzilla monsters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that, that's our movies for this week for January 20th through the 26th. So we'll probably wrap it up around uh, now. Uh, be sure to go visit our friends at House of Targ, our sponsors at House of Targ, for some pierogies. I always suggest if you're coming here for like a 9 o'clock show uh, or come to a matinee on Sunday, you can go there for pierogi brunch on Sunday and then come here for a movie. And uh, that's the best. And we do dinner and a movie at the Barley Mow, right? Yeah, you do dinner and a movie at the Barley Mow where they have a good deal where you can go there for food and get a free ticket to a movie Just here. Just a couple doors down from here. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Yep. And uh, we have a deal with Audible where you can get, uh, you can click over to the link on our website. Audibletrial.com slash Mayfair Theatre Podcast. Or yeah, there is an Audible link on our website. Yeah. And Mayfairtheatre.ca. Get a free audiobook to listen to, a free nerd audiobook. Mm-hmm. And uh, last time, it was, we chatted about Carrie Fisher on, on uh, the Shopcast, and I said there's a bunch of free, or you could you could listen to one of Carrie Fisher's audiobooks on there. Yeah, like Wishful Drinking, or yeah. Isn't there a a, a new one out? The the brand new one just came out sadly right before she died. Yeah. For I think it's called the is it the Princess Diarist or the Princess, yeah I think so something like that. Yeah. But uh, so you could listen to I I'm going to listen to one of those and I'll just be crying for four yeah. hours. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, so that's it for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks, Ryan, for yeah. dropping by. Yeah, thanks for having you. me. We'll, we'll do another, uh, when we have an excuse to do a comic book nerd crossover again, Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll do this again, and um, we'll see you at the movies. Yeah.